Welcome, folks, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. However, today, I'm first of all, I'm your host, Phil Moore, as you know, and Jim Fix, some people say. Uh, but with me, of course, is Sammy tonight. How are you, Sam? Hi, I'm great. I'm a little sad. Yeah, we were all sad about the new news about Norm. And um, we I, we were going to cover, I was thinking of covering this as part of the breakdown. Um, we're doing something a little special tonight. We're something we don't do and haven't done for QF, which is a Norm kind of tribute show. It's a, on the fly. I just got some as many clips as I could together really quickly at, from different sources. And um, we just wanted to celebrate Norm being how funny he was. And did you hear the show last night in real time? Like, because I don't know if you get the show anymore. I didn't hear the show. I've, I've been way too busy. Yeah. I got to ask you, how did you feel when you heard the news? I woke up and I found the news. I woke up early accidentally. It was like 7.30 a.m. Normally I get a, my alarm set for 8 and something. And then I just checked and someone someone posted for Norm. And I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. Someone tell me this is some kind of joke. And because I'd never heard anything about his cancer. He kept it very private. And it was and, – and that and that would be like him because he never thought of – he just never he wasn't a public person like that. Anytime he'd go on Stern and Stern would ask him who you banging, he'd never answer. Um, so he wanted certain things kept public and he didn't like um the pitying, public pity. He didn't want pity and he just wanted people to focus on his comedy, which is really admirable. Um and when I when I heard it, I it what didn't hit me as hard as Ramus or Rickles when they passed, but it, it was a gut punch for sure. That was a gut punch. I was totally gut punched. I had no idea I was sick. I got to be honest, I thought he didn't look that great the last few years. I yeah. definitely noticed something about his skin coloring and some something about his appearance to me was a little like. But then I was like, it's the life of a comedian. He is getting older. You know, he didn't live exactly the most healthy lifestyle. So I was no. like, eh. But yeah. I didn't think he was suffering of cancer. Yeah, he was. The thing is, he was a, a pretty regular heavy smoker. So I, my guess is prostate cancer. Um, I mean, if you don't deal with that shit and he, he, he there was he, there were times there were appearances on certain shows where he looked really puffy, which probably some s effect of steroids or something and steroid treatment, maybe for healing who knows uh i'm sure he had a, a fucking hell hellacious go of it but to go for nine years fighting cancer and then unfortunately that's what happens um sometimes and so our you know our regards to his family and his son of course and his extended family and friends i got i was the first person i thought of was Artie, and then i thought saget because I know they were so fucking close to him, and um, especially Bob Saget, who's probably just gutted as shit. So this one, this one goes out to you too, Bob. For sure. Yeah. So what we decided, guys, instead, we don't know how entertaining this is going to be, actually, but we thought for a change, because normally we just shit on Howard, right? Or we shit on Beth, or we shit on Ralph and certain and assholes I mean, about the show. Too. And there might be a little of that here, but we're just going to celebrate uh, some of Norm's best bits and laugh at them. Maybe you get a stupid laugh, too. So if you don't like it, you're, this, is, this is not regularly scheduled programming, so bear with us. Um, I'm going to go first go with uh, some stuff he did on uh, WTF with uh, Marin. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, this just early days of what he was doing. So this is uh, how he got the SNL news gig. The, like, this is actually uh, with, with Weekend Update. They wanted me to do Weekend Update um, with a lady. 
Yeah. Like a two of us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds like shit. I don't want to fucking, that sounds like shit. <laughs> like, I'm like, if there's a lady and a dude, like, what are we making fun of local news? What the yeah, fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> no, no. Like, his affectation, <laughs> if something about his delivery always makes you laugh, it's just this casual, like, I don't give a fuck. It sounds like he never gives a fuck. And he doesn't. No, he it's doesn't. Not the, it doesn't sound like it. He genuinely doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of shits all over everything. You'll be... He had some crazy... He goes like... I think he liked me because I didn't understand what he was talking about. All <laughs> and he goes like... Uh, he goes, you'll be Fred Astaire and she'll be ginger. You'll like, you know, give her the sex. The comedy and she'll give you the sex. And I was like, the dancers? What? And I didn't know what he was fucking talking about. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I go, I don't want to fucking do it with a lady. Let Franken do it. You know? Yeah. So uh, Franken was going to do it? Yeah, it was, it was Franken, me, or somebody else. So uh, I didn't care that much about it. So because uh, I could just do stand up. <laughs> so so Steve Martin's in there, and then Lauren goes to Steve Martin because he was talking about Lauren Marco. Lauren Michaels giving him these shitty ideas of what he should do. But anyways, what happened was it was funny. Like Steve Martin walked in because he yeah. was hosting. Yeah. And Lauren to embarrass me, but well, let's see what Steve thinks about it. And Steve Martin doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> But uh, he goes, Norm wants to with the lady, but he thinks, and he does right. this big long spiel, and Steve Martin's completely uninterested. <laughs> Been dragged into something yeah. he wanted no part. I used to love when Norm would talk about other comics as well because he has such great insight. That was the key, uh, with such you know, with a good storyteller. And him and Artie together, we're going to play segments of a wrap up show they did together. It's just fantastic. Well, if you, I was listening to. Uh... Jimmy Dore, he did a little tribute uh, to Norm on mm -hmm. his podcast, mm -hmm. and he was saying Norm had a high IQ, and Norm was a lot smarter than a lot of other comics. Mm -hmm. So this is why across the board he was respected. Yes. You will find very few comics to say bad things about Norm MacDonald. Mm -hmm. So Steve Martin is not going to give a shit. And Norm and Lauren Michaels, yeah, okay, you could say what you want about him, but some comics, you're just not going to get your way with. Maybe no. he got away with, you know, sandbagging him over the OJ shit, yeah. but not this one, not no. this one. <laughs> and if people will remember, he was on Last Comic Standing as a, as a uh, judge with Roseanne Barr at one point, and um, there was a kid that went up and did a Harry Potter joke about I can't remember a the Bible. exact a Bible, yeah. A, yeah, so the kid went up and he was doing um he was doing a joke. He was getting harassed by somebody yeah. about reading the good book about uh you you need to be saved by Christ and he was saying he was he was uh, uh saying a Matthew's yeah. verse in front of him on a right. on a train and right. he goes well you can read my book and he read him a harry potter verse and roseanne said oh that's very clever right. and norm was like actually that if you know who jk rowling is she's a devout christian yeah. and it's actually not that very cool or clever to be atheist these days at yeah. all but well yeah <laughs> <laughs> no he just he kind of said like uh it was a hack no joke, he didn't basically. he's like no he said it's not that it's it's not it's let's not that many people most people aren't that into religion that much anymore if you haven't well, noticed um in his own way quite religious uh norm mcdonald he was a bit um 
is it's odd mix of of comedy and his how he vacillated between his his jokes and religion but he did believe in god i'm pretty sure he um, was an avid reader yeah yeah absolutely Pardo. but luckily mm-hmm. he fucking just said out of the blue he goes he goes, oh, fuck. He goes, I did this award show with some broad, and uh, they paired me up with her, and she fucked everything up. <laughs> like, I guess they stuck him yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> so then Lauren goes, oh, well, there's some uh, support from an unexpected place. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> update? Yeah, Steve Martin, because he was such he a, a hero to Lauren. He had a bad experience with <laughs> With an award show, and you get to run the solo on the update? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> okay, so... And then he gets what he wants, and it was the best week. I mean, you can't get any better. No. I don't give a shit. There was nobody better. No, like, Chevy Chase only did a year, and he was okay. He was decent. But then Franken was all right. I never, I never liked it when Jane Curtin did the news. It wasn't a woman thing. I just never thought she was that talented. She was more like a Phil Hartman type, very straight, very the straight person in the um, in the sketches. She was, Colin she Quinn was, was okay. Jane Curtin had her moments, mm-hmm. but if you want to go overall, Norm yeah. McDonald hit yeah. it out of the park like, almost De- every fucking weekend. Yeah, him and Dennis Miller. Him and Dennis Miller just set the bar too high, and I think, and even though Dennis Miller became uh, a bit of a kook and a little too um, uh, just self-absorbed, I way in a in a way. Um, he became hoity-toity. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and then when he tried to right? host, was it ESPN or something? He tried to host a sports show or Monday oh, Night Football, God. and he was awful. You know, he was just really awful, and um, using a lot of fifty-cent words that you know no one was going to give a fuck about. So this is more um, Norm talking about him, Sandler, Spade, Farley, and that the years at SNL a little bit. Yeah, they hated Far- they hated uh, Sandler and Farley. You mean critics? Critics, yeah. So uh, it was pretty. Everybody was, oh, it's dead. So I don't know, dead and all that shit. And so uh, they came, and the guy had an agenda, obviously. And um, but he was very unfair. Like Sandler was very, very funny, and nobody's funny. It was funnier than Farley. And uh, then he presented it as if these guys were always doing shtick, and everyone was looking away, embarrassed, and yeah. everything like that. And I remember him laughing. Yeah, so he, he, yeah, it was very frustrating. Fucking hatchet job, whatever. So, and that's that was not uncommon back then. Straight Did you fucking? And they made Farley. I never forget. It was on cover of New York Times, New yeah. York Magazine, and they had Farley do a photo shoot where he had a television on his head. Yeah, and it was it was kind of funny. But yeah. Farley's doing a big like a yeah. crazy physical thing with this big TV on yeah. his head, and then they put it on the cover, and they said it's comedy, comedy dead. Uh, and how did he respond uh. to that? <laughs> he wanted to go beat up the guy. <laughs> Oh really? You can't, you can't beat up people. You can't beat up the the the, uh, the reporter. Yeah, yeah. But he was really that angry. He, yeah, he was so he was more angry because they they not for him, but because they attacked Sandler. Actually, he was very protective. Well, that that whole crew. I thought that was sweet because he was explaining how tight they were because they were all, with the exception of Farley, they were all stand ups. And it's just so interesting that how comedy has changed because they were so interested in being funny mm-hmm. versus whatever the hell is going on now. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, the, the I mean, mandate about of tearing people apart. Now it's like they are just looking for the clapter. I call it clapter. It's not for the laugh. They're looking oh, God, for clapter. No. no. They're looking for the, yeah, you agree with me. Yeah. Yay. 
And Woo! yeah, and as and as a result, so there might be yeah, and as a result, they're writing things that won't age well. I mean, uh, that's why I love SCTV. They they were recording stuff in post production, so they had to be more timely. They they couldn't be um, uh, they couldn't narrow themselves down to just shitting on Nixon or shitting on whoever it was. You know what I mean? So um, or Reagan. You know, the, this was the next bit of when he talks a little bit more about uh, the SNL writing table and how they used to work. Just can't remember. I can't imagine the the cynicism approaching a sketch, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With you guys, no. That's what we'd mostly do is we'd spend the first uh, half of the night writing the sketch and the second half of the night crumpling it up, <laughs> saying I shit it. <laughs> okay, so then then he talks a little bit about the, the what he calls the holy grail of jokes, and I've mentioned it on the show. So I said the perfect joke. Would be if the punchline and the um, and the setup were almost identical. Yeah. And then we, I was saying, can we ever get a joke like that? That would be the coolest. And then we actually did get one joke that was pretty close. To that not perfect, but it was uh, Lyle Lovett is um, <laughs> Lyle Lovett and uh, and uh, Julie Roberts are getting a divorce, and uh, uh, you know people close to the couple say the reason is because. So it was pretty close. You know, the setup and the punchline were pretty close to each other. I was happy with that, that one. That was the grail. <laughs> yeah, that was the grail. <laughs> I just love that one. That one is also obviously dated, but I mean, come on. And then there's he talks a little bit about Artie, what Artie told him about the William Shatner roast and just sort of standards in comedy and how you, there is a line like you can draw. So, and, but I remember they were talking about the William Shatner roast. Artie told me this that. <laughs> William Shatner's fucking wife had just drowned in a pool yeah. three months earlier, and, and they had to get all the comments together and go, look, no jokes about his wife drowning. And they were yeah. all like, ah, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> what are we going to do now? And no, I was yeah. like, what, did it even occur to you to fucking do that joke? The guy's still wearing a black ribbon, and his clothing is torn. <laughs> there was one <laughs> There was one joke um, that they, uh, I, I'll never, I don't think I laughed harder. <laughs> Sam Simon got on the show, and they talked about jokes that never got through. Like, they didn't even say it because they, they didn't use them because they said they were going to cut it anyway because it involved the wife and the joke was something like um, uh, William Shatner recently won an Emmy for Boston Legal and I think it means a lot to him because when it fell into the pool he dove in after it and retrieved it (laughs) 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 which is completely awful so uh, the, the one of the, the the other thing is I loved him is his appearances on Stern there's so many I think there's like God there must be a dozen over the years I did hear a great anecdote I just wanted to share. So he, Norm was very generous with his impressions. He wasn't a douchebag about it. So when I was listening to this one Jimmy Dore podcast, they were he opened for him for a show, and they would go back to um, uh, I forgot which which comics house, but they were all at a fire and they were getting stoned. And in the kitchen, he, uh, Jimmy Dore's wife, her uh, uh, he, her name's Steph. Mm-hmm. She said, can you please do the Burt Reynolds impression for me? And he just did it on the fly like nothing. He's not one of those people that are like they he wasn't like, oh, I don't want to or, oh, I don't do that. He just did it. Boom. On the fly. And she yeah. and he said it just meant so much to them mm-hmm. that, wow, he was just this great guy who would just it meant the world to them. They'll mm-hmm. never forget it. He was mm-hmm. just the sweetest person. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing someone was asking uh, privately, like, what do you think Howard's going to do? And I, and I, I 
you know, the usual thing when he does the uh, the eulogies, which I don't know if we're going to cover it or not. We probably will, but um, just right away, like while we're recording this, Norm is so beloved by just about everybody. I mean, his ex-wife might beg to differ, but who knows? Um, and that if he took a, a sidewise, sidewise swipe at him, like, you know, in death, I think Howard would have got so much fucking backlash that even he couldn't spin it. He could not do anything about it if he tried to shit on Norm. And it would get out. Um, well, he did try to take a swipe at him at one point, and that tweet will live on in infamy. Oh, when Robin clapped back at, you know, or he introduced us to Artie, which was a good thing. Apparently, he was sort of, you know, pa- sort of passively saying, oh, it was, a, you know, that was a, a positive. And then Robin said something like, at the time, you at know. At the time. Mean, meaning, like, oh, he's gone, like, he's not part of the show, so fuck him, which oh, I don't well, know where that, was, that a, was coming he, out. Actually, Howard said it was a great, and that was a great fit, and she goes, at the time, it was a good idea at the time. Why did she need to feel the need to fucking shit on Artie? I don't understand. I don't know, because she hasn't had her box fucked in, like, 20 years. <laughs> Okay, this next clip, guys, is from the Greg Fitzsimmons show, and I had to really work with this to make it sound good because that first early show sounded like complete ass. This, uh, you know, Florentine's first shows on his iPhone were way better than <laughs> Fitzsimmons. But either way, this one is about um, a gig he did at a mental hospital. <laughs> he had to do <laughs> how they got a better mm-hmm. laugh than he did. Uh, but what really happened is I was walking out <laughs> The guy was all mean to me because only like 30, 40 people showed up, yeah. which was very insulting because yeah. there was nothing else to do. And the, <laughs> so there was 40 criminally insane people. In the audience. <laughs> so I walk out and I'm just walking towards the mic and the guy yells out, nice shoes, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to laugh. So another guy chimes in. He goes, Jerome's right. And some faggot ass shoes. <laughs> Off you came about my shoes. <laughs> it's the first laugh. Now you're in the hall. You're right about yeah. that. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, so. Jerome's right. <laughs> So, and there's this is a longer longer clip from the same episode. I don't remember which one because he did about three or four of Fitzsimmons shows, and I got the ball. But uh, this one, he talks a little bit about Howard's shitty sense of comedy. That's where we kind of, I guess, draw a line into Howard a little bit. Oh, I agree. Like you expect people just because they're great in their field to, you know, have good taste in other fields. Yeah. But they sometimes don't. Right. right. Howard Stern, the funniest, greatest guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, taste in my just my opinion you know in, in picking it, projects yeah yeah and in, <laughs> in general and <laughs> in, in picking stylists oh, just just about everything <laughs> yeah picking wigs <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because it's it's got it's this is what always kind of I I didn't quite understand I think it's mo- mostly we'll have to chalk it up to you know like why Guys like Norm is so smart. How could he be fooled by Wiggy? Well, it's because he's not an avid listener. He would he was a fan, but that didn't always mean he heard every episode and knows everything and remembers everything. Maybe at the end of his like these last nine years, I think he might have reconsidered. We just don't know. And I also think this goes right up there and picking beards too. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. 
and like a son of a beach. You know what I mean? Son of a beach is nowhere near as funny as Howard Stern. Yeah. Show, you know. Right. Uh, but he thought it was funny. You know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, but I don't know. You know, you never know with Howard's, you know, you never know with Howard if he's just playing to his audience or not. Because yeah. he's so smart. And oh, yeah, that was that was OK. Keep, guys, keep in mind, this is maybe uh, I'm going to go five years ago this episode. So, the, you know what? It, these Howard and Alec Baldwin have the same sort of cachet where they just fool people into thinking they're smart. I can't tell you how many people think Alec Baldwin is smart just by the way his um, speech pattern is just by the way his inflection and his dialect is and the way he presents himself and yeah. the way he talks. But when you actually hear what he's saying on political talk shows or anything else, he's a fucking idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. Right. He has no historical context to what he's saying. He's a fucking moron. Well, and, you and Howard in... is the same. Howard's the same <laughs> way. <laughs> well, wait, wait, let's think of who was the what was the guy, the head of the FCC, Michael something uh, at the time that exchange. Oh, gave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to go through that one time. At any rate, he called he called him up and he just got his ass handed to him so completely because when when they step out of the realm of it's like a boxer trying to do, I don't know, fucking ballet, you know, or it's it's like it's like a fisherman who decides I'm going to be an MMA star. You just don't switch over and become instantly great at those things. And if you want to hear an example, Alec Baldwin, like inside the actor's studio, when he's talking about his his job, his profession, he's fantastic. And he talks like he really knows his stuff and he's a fan of movies and stuff. So pop culture maybe he knows about but yeah he's not a political pundit he shouldn't be taken seriously where that's concerned yep and, and that's how he, because acting is bullshitting yeah so pretty much. Of, you know what i mean so right. of course he's going to be great at knowing how to bullshit yes yeah. you're great at knowing how to step into a character and mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. and so is howard he's great <laughs> at lying yeah, I mean, any any of Howard's rants about the, you know, Israel, like his pro-Israel stance or, you know, which is bullshit because he doesn't care about anything except himself. So it's kind of inge- it's disingenuous to hear him support anything. So that's why we kind of we and we keep, uh, you know, um, his politics out of this. But basically, when he takes a stand. It, don't you got to look between the lines? It's, he's about himself and what he's feeling that day. It's nothing far reaching. It doesn't really mean anything in the end. Fuck him. Yeah, taking his stand, by the way, means absolutely nothing. He doesn't do anything. No, he's got no backbone, so fuck him. A lot of his audience isn't. You right. Know? And, uh, but I like him a lot more now. Some people complain about but I, the, the The things that he's taken from the show are the things I never liked. The, lo- the lesbians, you know, and the, the riding the... the Sibian. Yeah, I never liked that stuff. Yeah. And guys would go like, Guys would phone in. Oh my God! I had to pull over the car and whack off. I'm like, I'm like from the radio, from listening to the radio, when there's like hardcore yeah. porn. <laughs> I gotta agree with Norm. Yeah. On right. your computer. Right. And uh, yeah, I never like understood. But one time I was with Stern, and you know, so they live in this uh, this life of craziness where these where anything goes. But mm. you don't. You're just a general you know, person. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there. The first time I was ever there, he's interviewing me. 
Howard's like, Norm, you like this girl. Come on in, Mika, or whatever her name was. So she rolls her chair in, and she could... Okay, I'm going to let it go, guys. Bring her... Are we allowed to swear? Yeah. Oh, so she uh, could uh, uh, bring herself to pledge... No, I'm not swearing. <laughs> you know, bring herself to... I can't say certain things I'm squeamish about. But she could, yeah, bring herself to uh, delight. Climax. Climax, exactly. Um through this, the sexual gymnastics of that involved her hand, her entire hand going up herself. <laughs> anyway, she's like a foot from me, you know? Okay, hold on for a bit. <laughs> and she does it like she sticks her hand in herself. So I just automatically flinch, like my head goes away from it because I feel like I'm now part of a crime. And then I was like, ah, oh, you're a fag. Like, um... <laughs> You know how I do this thing? Like, uh, he'd, I don't know if it was a trick. He got people to phone, but like a guy would phone in, you know, and go like, yeah, I saw Norm in a bar, a fag bar last night. You know, he's yeah. a big fag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where he perfectly nails the essence of the show. And then Howard, would, oh, like, come on. Man. He's not. He, you're not, right, Norm? You didn't go to that fag bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and always I go, his well, move. Well, now half the people think it. Anyway, right. like, there's no yeah, he would, he would always say, like, somebody would call <laughs> and say, uh, say to, you know, he, he has Angelina Jolie in, in as a guest. <clears throat> and a caller would call in and go, uh, yeah, this is Tommy calling from Boston. And uh, Angelina, do, do you take it in the ass? And then Howard would go, come on, Tommy. That's a, that's an unfair question. But Angelina, uh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so, Angelina, do you take it in the ass? Exactly. So. Oh, there's there's a whole uh, he did so much on so many shows. And obviously, like um, when we um, when we do these, when we play some of these clips, even and especially on Fitzsimmons shows, because they, they're long form, usually about an hour and a bit, hour and change. And he would talk about anything. And this is him on Rickles an experience. He saw he saw Rickles at Carnegie Hall. And this is what happened. It was something like like Rickles. Uh, yeah, Rickles was uh, Alan King was at Carnegie Hall. And it was Rickles and a couple of other comics, and Alan King was the MC. And then Rickles was going on long. You know, he's the headliner. And then Alan King walked out like real slow and everything because he was going long. And he, he had him the keys. He goes, "Here's the keys to the place. Uh, lock up when you're finished." You know, so he leaves and he gets he gets a laugh. And then Rickles is just burning up. You know. <laughs> I fucking love this setup. Yeah, funny, funny. He goes, come on out of here, Alan. And I was like, watching an alligator, you know. He was like, come on out of here, Alan. So Alan King comes out with all big puffed up chest and everything. He goes, he goes, I got something for you. You know, and he comes back and he gets one of the instruments. He goes, it's an award. Here you go. It's for the for the 10,000th time that fucking joke's been told. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine trying to fuck with a wrinkle. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me. So I love I love uh, shit like that. This is that's uh, that's that's my favorite. That's when I that's when I love stories. You I love it. You love it. You and I love. You and I love that shit. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that's the best. So there's um. Norman already on the wrap-up show, we're talking about Gilbert. I just want to tie this into him, like, praising other people, actually. <sighs> My so cheeks hurt. They did a show with Gilbert. This is already in him talking about it. 
That was that was like we, we worked with Gil. We did the stand up with Gilbert, and he was just like bombing. So at the end, he goes, "All right, they're all like twenty two year old kids." Don't understand. <laughs> and at the end, he goes, "Okay, you kids are clearly young, and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do an impression that you'll all all you kids will you, you'll really appreciate it." Here's uh here's Lou Costello. <laughs> here's Lou Costello talking to Ethelman. <laughs> Like it helps. It's it. You know, if you know, even you don't even have to have seen a fucking Abbott and Costello film just to know that it's fucking old shit. But if it so helps, if you do, and that <laughs> the idea, the concept of these fucking nineteen-year-olds, twenty-year-olds who have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Oh God, so great. Anyway, so. Let's play another one. This is uh, from the actual Stern show because he got tagged as a bit of a misogynist. And there's a great compilation of him talking shit about female comics. And this is from the Stern show. And one of the ex-SNLers talked shit about him on um, Fitzsimmons show. So Laura Keitlinger was her name. I uh, kind of my guide through SNL. And Uh. it turned out that. He is a, a shit-stirrer. He's just busy pissing in a bucket in front of people. Well, no, he loves to, like, you know, pit people against each other. He used to, like, find articles where somebody said, you know, one thing, and then he'd stand in the doorway and laugh. Like, he'd find, like, an article where, you know, Janine said something about Adam and, you know, just create all this havoc. So I'm not, I'm, you know, it's funny that you said that because he's, like, probably, like, one of the uh, one of the few people I really don't like. Yeah. So Stern played this on the show and played it to Norm, and he got a chance to rebut. Norm is someone who really sticks out. Well, to you. because it was so, it was such a kind of a, a kind of a vulnerable time, being like, because it was the first time I'd ever done live TV and stuff, and he really, like, and for all of us, really kind of made it difficult. Wow, <laughs> I've never heard that about. Everyone loves Norm Macdonald. I, well, I mean, I barely remember Laura from the show, right. except for her hit characters, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> When he would get sarcastic, it was the fucking best. I have, as a woman, this mentality of, I guess maybe because I grew up with a bunch of boy cousins, Mm -hmm. you sink or swim. When you were growing up, you loved loved Joan Rivers. Yes. Now, what's the ultimate expression of a female comic succeeding in spite of having absolutely no... Uh, advantage. She's the only woman, one of the few women doing stand-up at a time when it's completely unacceptable for a woman to be doing body stuff and, and she gets on Carson, she's self-made and she didn't, she, you know, she might have had some joke writers, but mostly she wrote her own shit as far as I know. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that you're such a fan of Rivers. Well, that's exactly it. That's exactly why. Like, there are so many examples of people who had so many harder experiences in life who are so much more successful. And I kind of think the climate of things that are harder and events that are harder in your life that make you stronger, that Mm -hmm. push you back and make you better for it. And that's good. That's a good thing. If you have an environment that doesn't, that doesn't make you fight or push back or have any pushback or think Mm-hmm. You are not going to be better for it. You are going to be just swimming in your own bubble all the time. And it doesn't make you think. And it's good to have opposition. It's good well, to have it. 
Well, it occurs to me because you you mentioned you mentioned before how um, you grew up with basically a lot like a very male dominated household or combination com- sure. combined households when you got together with your cousins. I mean, and, it's you and strong your, it was, women. It's you and your sister, but and was she? Did she have as as fine a tune fine tuned sense of comedy as you and your dad? Probably not. But no? you know what? No, she did not. She didn't. But she's still a strong person. She just didn't have that finely tuned comedy sense as us. Not at all. I don't even know who she is. Uh, but uh, she's very she, makes, she makes more Weena Banks look like uh, Gilda Radner. But no. Uh, but but I do remember that specific thing she's talking about because Janine used to go to the press. And and badmouth the show. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo used to badmouth the show. She was on the press. So I'd go, hey, Adam, what the fuck is this? Like, uh, Janine's saying your shit and stuff like right. that. Right. what's so wrong that's with creating conflict, I don't no, know. I think you fuck. probably upset you. I mean, you, here you I, are a cast member. I don't think member. that's me creating conflict. That's Janine creating yeah. conflict. Also, Adam was a friend. By reading the paper. <laughs> and uh, by the way, Howard's the one creating the conflict right now. Yeah. Well, well, he's actually like he he needs to bring it up for the sake of it because it's it's good copy. She actually dated um, Jack Black, I believe. He, he, Jack Black talked about it when he came in one time. I didn't. Uh, she the other time, the only other time I've seen her do anything was in an episode of Dinner for Five, and she was so spectacularly unfunny. I couldn't believe she was a comedian, much less a comedy writer. The yours. And Adam was my friend. Right, well, listen, I didn't hang around with the ladies on the show for God's sake. Yeah, you know, in the well, first place, you didn't. What were you going to get off them? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> isn't it weird? You they're, had a, their alleged comedy, although I like <laughs> Tina Fey. You know, you had a look of surprise on your face, even when this woman said, "Well, you know, Norm was supposed to be my guide through Saturday my Night Live." Guide? Did anyone t- inform you that you were her guide? <laughs> no, 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 no. There no. was no such mentoring program at Saturday Night Live, uh, well, was it? No, she came in directly after me, so I wouldn't be. Okay, here we go, guys. A little bit more. Her M- mentor? Yeah, I'm not gonna guide any lady through comedy. That would take me. Uh, first of all, I'd have to figure out how a lady could do comedy. Jesus. I mean, that's bad. But I know he's kidding. And yeah. I also think, too, like I said, look at the pioneers like Rivers. Yeah, Tony Fields. You know what I mean? There's there's shitloads. I mean, Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley was a fucking pioneer. No, no, without question. But uh, Lawanda Page as well. I mean, there's so many uh, people that paved the way that they did not have this fucking. They're not going to disintegrate because someone said women aren't funny, and certainly not because Norm said it or whatever. He carries some kind of weight. Because if you're B. Ha- Arthur. Yeah, if you I love B. Arthur, if you you have confidence in yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody says. That's that's the truth. It might be considered stupidity. You know, you're just oh, I don't, I don't retain anything. Fine, but uh, most of the time, no, you go stay your path. You Who's think you're doing good Well, I mean, we're struck talking strictly stand up, not know, comic but actresses. Just, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy to me that, and I also think. You know, maybe there's this vibe of like, oh, women, the women have to stick together and then the boys. Well, or you could just be cool and hang. I just thinking, you know, because that they had that Viagra thing out. Yeah. And the other day, but, you know, Bob Dole said, came right out and said he was one of the first. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to hear about Bob Dole's <laughs> cock, you know? <laughs> I mean, President Clinton's cock, Bob Dole's cock, what the hell? But mostly, an old man like that, an old man, you don't want him to have a super hard cock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why? Why? Because an old man, you want him to be, uh, got a pipe going, a newspaper, the dog. <laughs> this is, by it's the way, so post. Great. 
this is post SNL, so he's doing dirty work. He's doing, you know, screwed all these, you know, and then before the Norm show. So he's got loads of free time and he's also doing the rounds. And Dennis Miller's show was cable, so he could swear and all that stuff. It was fantastic. Love this. Yeah. Look at his feet there. Well, that in some corners is considered pipe. Oh. <laughs> but now they're going to have to create some goddamn pill that, that makes women arouse at the sight of a fucking 70 year old dude with a super hard cock. You know what I'm saying? He just I I truncated this guys and believe me it's 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 about as short as I can make it and still retain all the the context but it was the one of the best talk show appearances you'll ever fucking see. This is Viagra. <laughs> it's insane. I'm and you know what it's for impotent people. All right, yeah. it's for impotent guys. So get this. The, the I read this. The, the 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 pill can make your cock hard for 4 hours. Right. So now who has the 4 hour hard cock? The impotent guy. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of us are fucked. Me and you. Me and you got our regular cocks. Meanwhile, fucking Spade is, uh, you know. All of a sudden, it's a rose. Like Spade looks like he could be a fucking sister on Full House. <laughs> He's so much younger, man. The age is a bitch. <laughs> Like he's a part of the Tanner family. I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. I know you didn't. He brought it all around and then a vicious rip kick into his best friend's cock. Once there's too much cock talk, I try to just zone out for a minute until it goes back the other way. If there's too much cock talk, this guy has fevered nightmares all night. Dreams, I mean, like sweaty, fevered dreams from the the cock talk that's been all over his head. Cock, cock, cock. <laughs> Norm, Norm Only was fu- Norm. Yeah, he was he was fucking fearless. That's what I loved about him. He could go ahead with any joke. He's there's so many clips of him. Uh, there's so much of him on the fucking cutting room floor in movies. But then when you get to the like the talk show appearances, he might be top five uh, talk show appearance guests of all time. Any show. Oh my god! And movie cameos. Yeah. Twice. He's killing me. No, he's a good man. <laughs> That erased it. All right. No, he's a good man. Who cares? After all that, that's the, that's the whiteout he puts on. Yeah, he talks about you doing shit ups on cock for 18 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. If you're gay, he's a completely straight guy. He gets a lot of ladies. You know that about him with the ladies. Don't say ladies. Women, girls. Okay, thank yeah. you. Ladies. What are we fucking on an FM station here? <laughs> he's he's gay. <laughs> it's true. Ladies is such a dated term it's such a like <laughs> no one says that guys man i was reading you know about the- these gay guys i haven't even said hi yet <laughs> all right was- tell me tell me what it is with these gay guys <laughs> no, I'm not even i just read this it. thing about the michael uh george michael- the- a lot aren't you <laughs> yeah, I, read- I got a little time off now i read the newspaper <laughs> <laughs> and this is really strikes me about the gay community. I don't know if they're a community, but <laughs> but uh, called West Hollywood. Yeah, they're 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 gay, and it's you know George Michaels. He hangs around the bathroom. He has sex with multiple guys. This is no, like, no, no, no way. You got to get it right. I, 
hangs around the bathroom, right. and it was uh, described as a lewd behavior, but I, I don't remember sex with numerous guys. Well, what is, is that he, what you took away from it? What does he do? What were you, in the next stall? <laughs> I could have been just having a nice bathroom regular thing. I don't know what lewd behavior is, but I don't know that he was in there with numerous guys. But, but anyway, go ahead. We get the gist of this it. This is definitely a gay thing, like, because this is a pop superstar. You know right. what I mean? You're not going to walk into a, a bathroom and all of a sudden Farrah Fawcett's like, ah, you know? <laughs> You're not going to. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What I'm saying is, why would, why would a famous Wait, pop what was she doing? <laughs> Oh my God, how times have changed. <laughs> oh my God, how times have changed. I mean, now he, it's like yeah. literally, how? <laughs> Did you get a stroke? <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you? Okay, so the next next thing. Somebody needs to feed me some oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is him with them. I, I love that he can hang with just about everybody. So he, this is him on Larry King, <laughs> and he had Larry oh, King read jokes that I were directed for him. <laughs> I Let's love see if this. I can get this. Hold on. <laughs> That's funny, Larry. You like this? One. Isn't too bad. Amanda Bynes is a lush blonde who's quickly turning into a blonde lush. <laughs> See, I tend to laugh at my own. No. I mean, the joke is funny. I love jokes. That's good to laugh. Yeah, yeah, what about this? Laugh. this is what you were talking about earlier, 42. I love the movie 42. It's Chadwick Boseman like you've never seen him before. <laughs> you've never seen him before. I get that. Yeah, man. <laughs> sure, you want to do a joke? Yeah, sure. Don't make it. Don't be dirty, because Larry King's there. All right. Um, there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's, says the guy who didn't shove a bunch of Reese's up his ass. I didn't ask you. <laughs> if you're looking for your porn star name, have you ever heard of this? Where people make up porn star yeah. names, like they they take their childhood pet's name and then they combine it with the street name. So, anyways, mine would be. Dick Fuckington. <laughs> I love it on Fuckington question. But this, none of this would be on the Hulu show we're doing. Man. No. Why are these dirty? <laughs> this is a great one for you, Larry. I got a funny joke. It's news. If you were a Russian prostitute on a date with serial killer Andre Chikatilly, a.k.a. the Rostov Ripper, and he couldn't achieve an erection, that was not your lucky day. <laughs> no. The Al-Qaeda online magazine Inspire has a recipe for a homemade bomb. They also have a recipe for a pretty darn good peach cobbler. <laughs> yeah, they're not all bad, you know? I crack up when I see a funny joke and I hear it. Oh, yeah. Well, how about this? College freshman Scott Damaro, Larry, set a new world record by using his head to bust 142 eggs, and he now officially holds a place in the Guinness Book of fucking retards. <laughs> 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 oh, <that's> ridiculous. <laughs> See, Larry King loved him. He could hang with him at any time. Like, at all ages, like, certain people just loved him. And I think Wig, like I said, Wig was loath to give any kind of real dig against Norm because that he would get some blowback because almost everybody loved Norm. I'm sorry. I can't. 
Yeah, I, much better. Right. So you need to take a breather. <laughs> oh, that was really good. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so, one of my favorite lines from Billy Madison, uh, just as an aside, he goes, "Billy's, uh, he's at the pool, and he goes, uh, man, why did I have so many drinks? I can't remember what's today." <laughs> Frank, who's where McDonald goes, October. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Madison, I got to rewatch that. Actually. And Billy it's goes, so it's Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> was I forgot? Was Billy Madison uh, R rated or was it like PG? PG thirteen. It, it was okay. Okay, that's, so that's why fine. you get to go. That's why we got to go see it. It was just like, yay! Yeah. So there's only like you know a little bit of tit. <laughs> well, the the thing is, like, uh, Dirty Work, I remember the, the, the Dirty Work was just such a, we're not going to play any of it because there's loads of great clips online. And they all, already Chevy, uh, Norm, they all said, this is an R-rated film. Do not make them fucking change it because they're going to want to make it PG-13. And it was right before Something About Mary, and Something About Mary blew the roof off. Like, you know, that line when um, uh, Matt Damon goes, <laughs> I work with retards. <laughs> you know, that that became such a, like, a, a, a monster hit. And that came out after Dirty Work. And had they done it to Dirty Work, it might have been way bigger, but they toned it down. And a PG comedy is never going to hit as hard as a fucking hard R. Dirty Work could have been the best. It really could have. And they were actually thinking of doing a sequel, which was kind of cool. Uh, but I don't know how they could figure it out. I'm sure it wouldn't be very good. But if the right yeah. writing, it now it's too late. Too late for that. So we're going to play a little more. This is from uh, the um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And... Um, we're going to contrast the one that Wiggy did later another time. That one deserves our full fucking unfo our complete focused attention. But this is him with um, talking about Cosby. Now, do you think uh, Cosby's uh, legacy uh, will be hurt? Yeah. You do, huh? I mean, there was a comedian, Patton Oswalt, he told me, I think the worst part of the Cosby thing was the hypocrisy. And I disagree. <laughs> You disagree with that? Yeah. I thought it was the raping. It's <laughs> <laughs> my feeling most rapists are hypocrites. You don't meet many go, I like raping, and I I know it's not politically correct, but by God, people go, well, he's not being a hypocrite, and that's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's the, the punch. That's the punch between the eyes. Norm yeah. did not, Norm did not fuck around. That's no. why he, that's the best thing about him. And I love that so much about him. And that's where all comics across mm -hmm. every Twitter sphere, across every, I don't care where you lay in your political alliances, mm -hmm. you are going to get knocked right between the eyes. Because he doesn't fuck around. No, he took no prisoners. And, <laughs> and the, the one time he had to apologize, he was on Stern's show and he made the comment about Down syndrome. He, it was at a time, I'm sure he did not expect it ha happening, the blowback, because I think he was also doing the sports show at the time. And uh, so he lost the gig and he loses all these gigs, but he never cared about losing any of them. He really just didn't give a fuck because he knew he could always go back and do stand up. And his dream was always just to get on Letterman. And Letterman fucking loved him. Next clip oh. I'm going to play after yes, this. Yes, he did. We're going to play the Kojak bit from Seinfeld as well, because that was such a fucking unbelievable. <laughs> you know, when you've got Jerry Seinfeld doubled over, you're talking to a comics comic. 
I watch old TV shows. Yeah. And uh, it was the first Kojak. You remember Kojak? Kelly Savalas. Kelly Savalas. With and, the lollipop. Yeah, he had the lollipop going. And so for the pilot, it was uh, Crocker's first day. You know, Kevin Dobson played Crocker. Sure, Crocker. So he was just out of police academy. Green. They kept saying how green he was. Kojak had been around a long time. He knew everything. So he's, you know, has this green kid, and he doesn't know if he wants to be working with him. So the what was happening was uh, prostitutes were being murdered. You oh, know? my. He goes, go down and uh, try to get some information from the prostitute's mother. So a little while later, uh, Crocker comes back. I talked to her, her mother. She wasn't a prostitute at all. She was a good, good girl. Yeah. So Kojak's seen it all, right? So he takes this lollipop, he goes, yep. She was a good girl. Mama's apple pie. The 4th of July. She was a hooker! But anyway, this was an infamous appearance where Courtney Thorne Smith, who was uh, unbelievably hot, not my type, but really, really sexy. She was on Melrose Place and she was doing a film with Carrot Top. And then uh, Norm's on. He was the first guest, I think. And then I've reversed it, obviously. It just looks weird. And you can see how Conan is so fucking uncomfortable back then. Well, I, I gotta, ha- I have to say, so Conan, I used to. So I had a boy cousins and we would obviously hang out all the time and have sleepovers and they had friends who one of them was clearly uh, hyperactive ADHD and we'd always go to Cedar Point. We traveled to Cedar Point every summer and I remember one of the things we would do when we'd go to bed, we'd watch Conan Mm O'Brien and he this kid loved Conan O'Brien. So Conan O'Brien became part of like my childhood because then I started liking Conan O'Brien from this kid, Nick Fallhaber, watching Conan O'Brien. He got me into it. Yeah. And I really loved Conan. And I remember the awkwardness of Conan O'Brien in just yeah. this kind of almost autistic mm-hmm. but really uh oddity of him and his humor. But at yeah. this time I remember how he was with women and how he was even as a kid i just remember him the way he was with people and awkward i i i remember feeling as a as a even a like a young teenager i I enjoyed it like i i enjoyed the awkwardness i thought it was funny yeah i liked it i liked the oddness of him so it was it was a weird combination because you had Letterman, who was this assured, you know, well, he wasn't actually, he's was quite, quite insecure, uh, but annoyingly arrogant kind of ass. Then Leno, mm-hmm. who was sort of, you know, oh, everybody's enjoying, you know, everybody's included in this and especially the old people and a little middle yeah. of the road. And then you had this guy who... Uh, who would also, but then you had Kinnear. It was a weird landscape late night at that time. And I but did Conan, love Conan, but the I reason why Conan. I tuned into Conan mostly, and I wasn't a fan, but I did like. I preferred the, like you said, the awkwardness, the stiltedness, the, uh, the the nature of it. Just seemed so odd that I was strangely fascinating, like a train wreck or whatever. You just can't. And, and sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. Dice did an infamous uh, appearance in which you, he was nervous. Conan was nervous. Then he does an impromptu Elvis impression with the band. And that could never happen most of the time with those other shows. It just couldn't. 
making up. All right. It's like nine and a half weeks, but carrot top. <laughs> we were doing. Wow. I gotta check out that movie. Is it called Nine and a Half Seconds? <laughs> Premature ejaculation. <laughs> you, know, you know what happened? This is what happened. You know what happened? He said nine and a half seconds, and I'm looking at him because I know there's more. And I wait and wait, and I see the glimmer in the eye, and then bang! I thought you were going to crack whore, but no. But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. <laughs> like, imagine shitting on the guest next to you, basically, inadvertently. <laughs> oh, oh, I, one thing you noticed also, like, this is what you take for granted when you go along the, all these years and you watch these shows. Car no one slid in and out of silence like Carson did. Nobody. He never like he never let the silence bother him. But you can tell with Conan when there's a lull, he's just in fear of his life. Like most comics, you don't wait. You you, you can't wait for the next laugh. Guys like yeah, Dice, he, guys like Dice are like they didn't care. They just were. They'll get to the joke in their own time. Uh, he you could tell during the moth bit um, yeah. when Norm was on. He said, well, "How long was your drive from the valley?" He had yeah. to like crash in on that. I mean it. It worked yeah. in that case, but he was worried about the silence. He was yeah. worried about it. He can't, he couldn't handle it. He just had that, you know, that reflexive, like, are we going to, uh, let's get somewhere fast. Yeah. Get to the next bit. Give me, like, but he, can't he, deal play, with he played, he played it well for a yes. little bit, but he can't play it for, he can't, he can't do it for too long. No. Sitting to your left is in the movie. I'm gonna go sit for <laughs> How do you scare everybody else away? No, I love this girl. I would see any movie with this girl. <laughs> She's a beautiful lady <laughs> and a talented, nice talk show guest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> appearance on our rival show. <laughs> All right. Well, there's this two-hour season finale of Melrose Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh. All right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. And I gotta say, she handles it so professionally. She's laughing. Like, you could tell she's such a good sport. A lot of people could not. They would fucking brutal. They would hate Norm forever for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been slapping him up, <laughs> high-fiving. I would have been right with him. Fuck you. <laughs> Next clip, guys, we're going uh, to... It's, it's, it's a truncate. She's already laughing. <laughs> it's a, You're going to feel more stopped tonight. Kill me. <laughs> Well, most most people in the in the entertainment industry, that's their goal to you know please the audience, but also like I, I love the fact that 
I love the fact that this is censored, but it's, I think it's almost funnier that it's censored. I just wish they had put a beep in or something. They told the story on um, on Stern, but even this Letterman's Letterman's dying fucking laughing because he just loves more. <laughs> you know, like you do like facial exercises, I guess, like you can if you want to. I don't yeah. know. People do. <laughs> yeah, I sure. feel like <laughs> I must have liked on 7,000 tonight. Holy shit! My whole face is so. <laughs> well, this is. This this will put you to sleep. So let's let's go into this is Letterman doing the euchre story, but on uh, this is uh, sorry sorry Norm doing it on Letterman, uh, censored. But it's the funny. It's it's still good. Tremendous stories about the great Bob Euchre. Now, do you have a story you can tell us about Bob Euchre? Voice well, Bob, of the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, Bob Euchre is the uh, is one of my best friends. He's a great man. I know Artie told a story <laughs> when he was here, and Bob was not too thrilled with that. But uh, it's Artie Lang, you're talking Artie about. Artie Lang, yeah. yeah. But uh, Bob is a very, very funny man, and uh, and uh, I, I go often go in the booth with him, you know. Oh, sure. So uh, one time we were there. <laughs> now I'm going to cut it up, guys, just just in case, because Letterman stuff's a little different, and I'm going to alter it, what have you. But um, he explained ages ago that he got invited to sit at the booth with the. Uh, he he'd been friends with Euchre since since Dirty Work or so. I don't remember if he was in Dirty Work. I can't remember, but he uh, he had to do a commercial with Euchre. I think that was the thing, and that's where they became friends. And <laughs> I just love those Euchre impressions. And we're gonna play another one a little later. <laughs> and uh, John Fogarty was in there. <laughs> you know, a fortunate son. You know, so uh, John Fogarty was there. So. Bob Euchre is a very uh, interesting guy. He thinks of everybody as the same. He doesn't think of people as stars or anything like that. He's a very down-to-earth yeah. guy. So uh, he was talking to me. He says, hey, man, you know that guy? I go, yeah. He goes, that's uh, John Fogarty, rock and roll singer. So I, go, yeah. I go, yeah, yeah. I know who it is. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, uh, but I played in a golf tournament with him. He goes, you probably think of him as some that likes to bite the heads off of chickens, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking filling it in for him. <laughs> this guy can. Uh... <laughs> exactly how I think of him. This guy can get it out of the sand trap like nobody's business. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> so he goes, he's got a hell of a set of pipes on him. Oh. He goes, uh, uh, come the seventh inning stretch, I'll have him up here. He'll sing for you. <laughs> You can find the uncensored version with him on Stern, but this one's, I think, funnier. I said, no, no, Bob, don't do that. Like, don't have him come up and sing yeah. for me, please, you know? He goes, what's matter, man? Don't you even know who he is? He got all mad. <laughs> so I go, yes, Bob, I know who he is. He did Creedence Clearwater sure. Revival. Yeah. He goes, yeah, he did all that. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Oh yeah, God. yeah, he did all that fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can find the exact... Okay, the bag's on you. This is a story that Norm and Artie are telling on Stern uh, when they talked about Cleet Boyer or somebody, uh, some baseball guy and some, like, you know, prank that was being played with Sinatra and stuff. Hold on. The second part is, he goes, 
So anyway, Ken Boyer goes the fuck out to Los Angeles to play the fucking Dodgers. And Drysdale's like, I'm going to get this fucker back. <laughs> so Drysdale calls Frank Sinatra and says, let's fucking get this fucker. He tried to fucking have me arrested. So Sinatra says, no fucking problem. Sinatra sends over a couple of goons. And uh, Ken Boyer's leaving the stadium. He's in the parking lot of Dodger Stadium. Two guys fucking just grab him and just fucking mask him up, throw him in the trunk of their car, take him out to the fucking desert. And they say, they pick him out of the fucking trunk. I love when the two of them are together. They put him in the fuck on his knees in the fucking desert. They put a gun to his fucking ear and they go, we're going we're gonna to fucking kill you. You're fucking dead. You bleeding for his fucking life. And this fucking guy's going, he's crying like a little sad. And he's saying, come on, please don't fucking kill me. What did, what did I do? You, go, you fuck with the wrong fucker. We're friends with Drysdale. We're with Sinatra. We're going to fucking kill you. And he's in the desert screaming and yelling. And then finally, after about 10 minutes, we're, ah, we're fucking with you. The bag's on you, motherfucker. And they, we took him back. We, we were friends with him forever from then on. Yeah, you don't fuck with the mob. No, this not no joke. <laughs> Just don't. There's uh, there's so many fucking good bits. We only have a few more guys. This is when him when he decided he was gonna. Um, uh, he was about stern and he decided to talk about Florida swingers and knowing what we know about Caitlin and the OnlyFans shit with Brent and it just it's just funnier as a result. So he's talking about Florida swingers. Yeah, there is a lot of coke that, but you're right. People That's are rich. In, uh, people are rich and you don't know why. Like they're just yeah. in the face. With so money. a guy picks me up. He's a limo driver and he's he's like uh, a <laughs> guy goes uh, yeah he goes uh, he goes I fucking I can take you any place man anything you want. I go, what? Goes, Anything you want. He goes, uh, I got my wife. Uh, I go, your wife? Like, for, I thought he was talking about like drugs or something. He starts with his wife. <laughs> he could take you to his wife. He's got I can his get, wife. Says, Okay, just a little more. I can get anything I want, and then he goes, "My wife." <laughs> don't so, you want his wife? Was he offering you his wife? I don't <laughs> fucking know. Man. But it wasn't. It was all weekend long. I just meet four or five guys, and they go, "Hey, so uh, this is the wife, and this is the other wife, and uh, <laughs> how about the eight of us?" <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they wouldn't say it right out, but you kind of go, hey, "What are you talking about? Why are these guys trying to party? deal you their wife?" No, they all want to swing. No, you, you, they they swing. The you don't really know what the. I love how Howard's just derailing the whole thing by being such a fucking ignorant idiot. Idiot. Yeah, just awful. What the fuck's going on? They don't come right out and say they want to fuck you. Well, why, I, is it, why does anyone <laughs> want to swing with you? Do you think? I mean, not me. Anyone? So, no, anyone. I don't think Yes, I've gone deeper into the conversation than Norm did with these yeah. people because it's fascinating and I want a drug. But um, uh, no, they'll, tell you, like they'll tell you eventually, like, look, there's me and this is my wife and this is her friend Nancy and this is my friend Ed, you know, yeah. and uh, we'll get some ecstasy. Ed's where it becomes problematic. <laughs> Nancy was fine. Yeah, oh, everything's problem. going good. All of a sudden, Ed, what the <laughs> fuck? And Nancy's usually 46. Who the fuck is Earl? Work. <laughs> Who the fuck was this guy? Nobody told me about a guy come out of a closet whacking off with his half cock, half hard cock. Where the fuck did he come from? Wait, they say, well, Things were going, going to... really well in the fantasy. You, Nancy, and Shirley, and suddenly Earl walks in. Yeah, what the fuck? You never told me. And they're like, well, ass. if we brought it up, we thought you'd say no. Of course I'd fucking say no. Yeah, Earl was an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just love. It. I love when he does the little impressions. Go ahead. I love it. Can we play. Um, can we play the ESPYS? The ESPYS, and then can we? Is there anything we have from the hit? Do we have the Hitler thing where we're like take over the world? 
Uh, I think I can I can get it. I'm sure. One sec. Let's let's set this up first. Um, okay. I want to do that one because that one's so funny. Next one, guys. We're gonna play a little bit from the ESPYS where <laughs> he goes all in on OJ. <laughs> it's one of the best best fucking appearances on a on a, on a stage I've ever seen in my life, and only Norm would have the balls to do this. And and listen, this is from a time. So let me set the stage here. Yeah, we have. We're talking about O.J. got off of a double murder, which he clearly killed two people. Right. I mean, clearly killed two people. <laughs> this is before and he wrote civil, a book and called, he, If I Did It. <laughs> and he, in civil trial, lost yeah. and got convicted of it. So Norm MacDonald did an amazing job at just ramming this down people's throats of what a fucking savage O.J. Simpson is. And at the Aspies, he just was, he just was amazing. Yeah. Well, he was, yeah, he was basically talking, he was talking the truth and all the best comics do tell the truth and are truthful in the, uh, in the exposition of the joke. So either way, I, I it's one of, it's one of those, just one of a million other things that he, you know, he's done online on, on stage that just killed me. Great, Manny. He became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case... <laughs> all deaths are off. It's a word of advice. I hated the fact that the NFL players, when oh. confronted with this, would always be like, oh, you went too low. You're lower than the murderer. It's like Aww. your choke is more offensive than the murderer. There is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... Uh... <laughs> 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 in the early uh, part of the previous century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. <laughs> never been tried before. Jesus H. And uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win. But uh, no, it was actually close. <laughs> pass and uh, Germany decides again to go to war and again it chooses as its enemy the world it's <laughs> <laughs> great it's such a delivery it's all in the delivery and this time I had that guy shankly, shankly, that guy and I'm not even going to dignify him by saying his name but I mean you know I'm done <laughs> But you think at that point the world will go, listen, Germany, here's the deal. You don't have to be a country no more on account of you keep attacking the world. <laughs> Sorry, guys, a little bit. What do you think, you're Mars or something? <laughs> It's just fucking hilarious. 
hilarious. Um, okay, so there's a couple more clips, and then uh, we're going to try to get through this. This one's about, uh, this was on Stern, and it was about recovered memory. About recovered memory. Recovered memory. Yeah. This is what I don't like about recovered memory, right? Go ahead. Is that you repress the memory of, of this horrible sexual thing that happened to you when you were young. You repress it so you can no longer, you can't remember it. That's it's true. too traumatic. Yes. So, uh, the upshot of it is this. I can tell you that I was not raped when I was a child. But I can tell you with no insurance at all. <laughs> you might have been. Yeah, and forgotten it. 50-50 shot of it. Now, I believe get... personally that it's a myth. Okay, hold on, guys. <clears throat> I think that I would remember it. I think that, first of all, if I didn't, uh, I would never want to recover it. If this did happen to me, I would want to go to the grave with it unrecovered. But I feel that this would not slip my mind. You know what I mean? I believe it would be the only fucking thing I would remember. You could possibly not bury getting no, fucked in the ass I would as a probably, young man. I would probably fucking forget every other memory. You remember that more than like Joe Carter's Homer in the 90s? Yeah, I, go, I can't. Okay, hold on. Go with me. Bear with me, guys. It's rough. I remember that. What? Hey, what about the hypothesis? I don't remember. You don't you remember when you went to school? I, I went to school? What? What do you remember? I remember my uncle's cock. His giant cock. He so right. me. My uncle, plus, my uncle probably didn't have a giant cock. But you know, when you're young, you think everything's bigger. Like, That's true. You return to your school, and it seems small. It's like if I return to my uncle's cock. Ah, uh, you want to know what kills me? Is Robin's laughter. Yeah. No. I just got shot in the back of the fucking head like JFK. Robin's fucking laughter. Yeah. And who knows what that fucking shot was from. We can all speculate. Yeah. <laughs> but that goddamn fucking laughter from her, like a hyena, when... He's bringing up something incredible. It should be... You and know. you are laughing like you're not traumatized. That's right. The next clip, guys, is from the Stern Show. And I got this. Uh, unfortunately, it was a screen cap. It wasn't the greatest uh, audio quality, but I hope you don't mind the little bit of echo. And this is Norm's fag test. If you return $90 million. Uh, but it wasn't logical what I just said. Uh, Ralph, go ahead. So I'm at dinner with Norm once or lunch or something. We're at a big wait, table. What? So, wait, 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 wait. Norm's bag test had to do with Ralph? <laughs> Just don't listen to it. People sitting around and Norm puts his hand on my leg, not rubbing my leg or anything. Right. Just, just puts his hand on my leg. <laughs> and I don't know, like it, it was weird, but you know, Norm's a weird guy. I don't know, like maybe he's fucked up. I don't know. His hand was just like on my leg. You didn't knock it away, did you? No. And then, yeah. And then five minutes later, Norm goes, hey, uh, you know, Ralph is a fag. I had my hand on his leg. He has a move. That's I test people. You test? <laughs> I so test gag. I test people to find out if they're fags, and that's one of my tests. <laughs> Can you imagine letting a fucking dude grab your leg for five minutes? I mean, Ralph didn't say anything. Yeah, the fucking word. Ralph, you're gay. Thank you for my leg. No. I'm surprised Ralph wasn't letting him jerk him off in the bathroom and give him some ecstasy and a blowjob. Oh no! Well, Ralph's an open hole for anybody with enough big, big enough pockets. We know this for you know his from his own mouth. Oh, I mean, a, glor a glory hole for anyone. Yeah. You are a genius. I really mean that. You might be the greatest genius of all time. You are the only one who figured out that Ralph really is gay. 
why wouldn't you make Ra- Ralph? Why wouldn't you make Norm remove his hand? Yeah, it's like, what do you think? What? I don't know. I found it funny. I didn't know. And if he grabbed your cock, would that have been funny? <laughs> I've <laughs> been giving you? Ralph a hand job for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Artie, Artie looks like Artie looks like the shoe bomber. Oh. Poor Artie. I yeah. feel so bad for him. He yeah. looks like this shoe bomber that just needs a Twinkie. Yeah. It's uh anyway, guys, I think there's only one one other clip. I'll see if I can find it. Hold on. Uh yeah, this is a story Why? that I'm having so much fun. Okay. One more clip and then we're gonna play uh the the last bit of Letterman because we think it's a nice uh, touching oh, moment. Yeah, to I him. wanna yeah. So this is our Norman Artie on Red Fox because they had Bob Einstein on Norm's show and he actually, yeah. you know, Super Dave. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. And he was the director uh, or the producer of Red Fox's variety show after Sanford and Son. So the Red Fox would always be late to come out and do his monologue. Like the audience is waiting there. So it was always Bob Einstein's job to go get him. So he goes back into the dressing room and he's knocking. He goes, Red, you're on, man, you're on. Nothing happens. And the door swings open. (laughs) Red Fox, he looks over. Red Fox has got his, there's a whore in there. (laughs) Okay, already it's a good story. Red Fox has his his head under the whore's skirt (laughs) and he's got his face buried in her ass. And there's lines over the fucking, uh, (gasps) the fucking table. And and Einstein goes, ready, you're done, because you gotta you gotta do this. You're late. And he said, Red Fox took his face out of the chick's ass and goes, can a fella relax? <laughs> oh. <fuck. laughs> oh my fucking lord! I'm so. <laughs> red, red was something oh. else. God. Wow. Hold on. Fellas really relaxed from that? I guess. <laughs> Hold on for a second. Let me get this queued up. My, one of my favorite, oh, one of my favorite um, uh, Red Fox jokes was because uh, he used to invert stuff. He goes, what's the difference between a, a peeping Tom and a pickpocket? What? <laughs> a pickpocket <laughs> snatches watches. <laughs> 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 Tell that to your daddy. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Folks, this will be my last time on uh, the David Letterman show, I understand. And you know, you know, you guys, we all know that David Letterman was the greatest talk show who, uh, host who ever lived. But I... <laughs> I remember Dave differently because the first time I saw him, I was 13 years old. I was living in... I was living in Toronto, Canada, and I went to a talk show they had there, and uh, David Letterman was the stand-up comedian on the show, and uh, I loved stand-up, and David Letterman did this joke that I told everybody this joke. I love this joke. It still uh, stays with me. It was my favorite stand-up joke ever, so I'd like to do it for you if you'd like to hear it. He goes, um, 
I, uh, I, I was on the street the other day, and uh, I, uh, I saw a garbage truck. And on the back of the garbage truck, there was a small sign that said, please do not follow too closely. <laughs> Another of life's simple pleasures ruined by meddling bureaucracy. <laughs> You remember the old days when, when Dad would pile the kids in the station wagon and we'd all go out and follow a garbage truck? <laughs> so anyways, I'd just like to say I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish, and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental, but if something is true, it is not sentimental, and I say in truth, I love you. Oh my god. 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 Very funny, Norm. And thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Norm McDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That was very sweet, Norm. Good night, everybody. Yeah, rest in peace, Norm. Could, let, could Letterman any be be any colder? Yeah, exactly. It's wasted on him, but I know I know he appreciated. I'm sure on some level. I'm sure uh, on some level, I yeah. honestly have to say that that is just the most touching thing when you can when you can concretely just pull a thread from your career from the point you start and you find something so interesting mm -hmm. as a joke like that to ride it along and you're standing on the stage and you're honoring a man you respect so much yeah and you honor him back and you say that joke back yeah that is such an incredible feat and <clears throat> to have such emotion back to that at such a level that is such um, a triumphant, a absolute well, yeah, bookend. joy mm -hmm. and beautiful, beautiful joy. Like, that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I think, guys, if you want to see more of uh, Norm's heart as opposed to his comedy, there's a good Twitter exchange. Not a Twitter exchange, but it's a, him telling a story, uh, I think, of Memorial Day or Remembrance Day for Canadians. And uh, he just went like through a serious story, but on Twitter, back when it was less than 180 characters or whatever. It's way longer now than it used to be, but he had to go like bit by bit. And it's it's an amazing thing. Hopefully somebody has archived it, but I think you can find all of his old tweets. Um, at any rate, guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed this we loved it uh we love him we miss him and uh we hope you all got some enjoyment out of this one as well so rest in peace I think, norm i think he was a beautiful human being i think he made a lot of sense in the world i think he was smart i think he was articulate yeah i think he was incredible i think he will go down as one of the most articulate smart and prolific comics in this generation and then yeah. some yeah uh he he uh he'll, he won't be replaced anytime soon so um guys thank you from uh qf from sam and i we bid you adieu and to norm and his family uh to norm's family rather um we uh and we love you yeah may, may his memory re uh, be eternal we love you guys take care